Good afternoon and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll take a look at this week's crop reports with Ann Kirk with Manitoba Agriculture. Also, Glendalee Allen Vossler will chat with the Canadian Cattle Association about the new Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. Up first in today's country comment, we'll talk about the risk of fusarium head blight with David Kaminsky. Latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The risk of fusarium head blight was high this year. David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture gives us a recap. In most places, Corey, it's been on the wetter side. In fact, in some places there's been a lot of heavy showers recently. And that certainly drives the humidity in those crops, especially in the overnight period. Although it has been uh, cooling off quite a bit overnight and um, perhaps the temperature is dropping out of the range that's favorable to infection, um, so far it's probably too early to say um, how much we might be seeing as far as infection, especially in the unsprayed condition. I did uh, survey a few fields in the southwest part of the province um, just at the end, sorry, at the beginning of last week, those were winter wheat fields, and they were approximately two weeks after flowering, so just beginning to turn color. And of the ones that were sprayed, we saw a very low level of fusarium. Um, there was one field that had been unsprayed, and um, it had a fusarium index of about 2%, which if that was harvested for grain, it might show up in the uh, the harvested sample, um, it might not, depending on uh, harvest conditions and uh, combine settings. But I talked to the grower, and that field was probably going to be used for silage, in which case uh, that amount of fusarium infection would probably be diluted and not be a major concern. Are we seeing, um, you know, application? Is that is a lot of that being done by uh, uh, planes here this year? Oh, certainly, yeah. We see the planes flying almost constantly or the tracks in the field, which tell us that uh, fields have been sprayed with a fungicide. I think uh, growers have a, a heightened awareness, not just of uh, fusarium in cereals, but also sclerotinia in canola this year because it's just so much wetter than over the past three or four years. With, uh, with fusarium head blight, I guess, what, uh, what are some signs that that might be present? Well, if you begin to see symptoms, it would be some bleached spikelets on the head. Um, it's not often the whole head, but uh, maybe two or three spikelets or the middle of the head or the top of the head. And also, if you look closely in that affected area, you might find some orange uh, sporulation. It's kind of in a, a crease along the edge of the glooms. Uh, another sign, if you have spotted some fusarium in the field, is as you look around, you'll probably see some brown-purple discoloration on the stem just below the head. And that can help you zero in on those heads that have uh, some infection. Any other disease concerns, you know, at this point in the season? 
Well, I'm sure there are others, and I see other crops like uh, peas being sprayed. Um, concern there would be Mycosphorella blight. Um, Sclerotinia can also affect crops like uh, dry edible beans. Um, what else would we possibly be seeing? We're out serving soybeans at the moment, and so far I've just seen trace amounts of uh, bacterial blight. And with the um, Fusarium head blight, uh, those risk maps, those are available uh, daily, right, online? Yes, yeah. they are, at least uh, through the work week. And we catch up on uh, Monday with maps that cover the weekend. I think an important thing for anybody who's looking at the risk forecast to uh, examine closely is the animation of the previous seven days of the risk and you can see in your area whether it's rising or falling. Um, right now, there are some areas of the province, particularly the, uh, I'd say, east-central region that have uh, high risk. Um, in the southwest, it has shown lower recently, but I think the, the rains that we had yesterday will again begin to change change that quickly. And you see, you can see quite a That was David Kaminsky with Manitoba Agriculture talking about the risk this year of fusarium head blight in cereal crops. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. The Canadian Federation of Agriculture was pleased to see that the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership will see a $500 million increase to the cost-shared funding envelope over the course of the five years of the new policy framework. Here's CFA First Vice President Keith Curry. We're very encouraged that uh, there's dedicated funding going into that. Uh, you know, it represents about a 25% increase in overall funding in the program. So half of that, that $500 million will be dedicated uh, specifically to climate change and emission reduction programming. So now we get to roll up our sleeves and go to work on what that program programming is going to look like. But, um, you know, we want to make sure that we have practical and implementable, implementable solutions on the farm to do what we need to do to help reduce emissions. But make sure we do it right. Uh, we've had a lot of concerns around nitrous oxide emission reduction uh, projections that the government wants. Manitoba's corn crop is coming along nicely. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. A lot of it's tasseling, um, which is great. Still behind, of course, but um, I haven't gone inside any crop to see if it's silking or not. But obviously, if it's tasseling, silking is going to be very shortly behind or even at the same time. Reproductive stages are usually occurring early to mid-July, I guess. Say the 10th to the 15th is probably a pretty good average. So two weeks, I think, is pretty safe. Um, But there's quite a lot of the province that is still a week or maybe two away from tasseling. So it depends where you are. And the largest producer of potash in the world has made what is being called a historic donation to the Saskatoon Food Bank. Executive Director Lori O'Connor says the $2.5 million donation from Nutrien will be used for a planned $12 million facility to replace their current building, which is bursting at the seams. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Agwire for Wednesday, July 27th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vossler will chat with the Canadian Cattle Association about the new sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. More reaction is coming in on the proposed new ag policy framework to be known as the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. 
Federal, provincial, and territorial agriculture ministers agreed in principle to the framework during their meetings last week in Saskatoon. Today, Glenda Lee Allen-Wassler gets reaction from the beef industry as she talks with Tyler Fulton, a beef producer from Manitoba and an officer with the Canadian Cattle Association. Yeah, so we've worked, um, uh, you know, off and on, I guess, really for the last year at least, um, providing feedback to uh to in particular the federal government, but also from our all of our provincial partners, uh, providing uh, feedback to, to the provinces as well on what this next uh, policy framework looks like. And um, right from the get-go, I think we knew that uh, there was going to be um, more um, a more a greater focus on the environment and climate change. Um, and we as the you know in the in the cattle uh, sector and you know on behalf of Canadian Cattle Association um, are supportive of that uh, we see the changes on the landscape and uh, and see the the risks that have um, you know that have in- increased as a result of some of these changes so um, so we've uh, you know I generally been providing feedback over the course of the last year and uh, and it was really great to see uh, some you know some added funding um, that uh, I think addresses some of the, some of the risks and uh, and some of the programming that uh, we think is valuable now on the environment topic uh, there has been con- some concern from other groups about the fact that it's being tied in a sense to the Agri-Invest funding. Your thoughts there? I don't know exactly what the details are, but I um, I, I saw the reference uh, to their in their announcement to um, some type of environmental assessment for those, uh, I guess, the the larger operations in order to access those funds. Um, I think first and foremost, we wanted to make sure that. Um, that the you know environmental um, outcomes weren't tied to uh, agri stability or to crop insurance or you know those other other programs that are very widely used. Um, and so we were happy to see that. We don't really know the details of what the connection is there um, to agri invest. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait. We'll wait to see. Um, you know what the impact of that is and ideally i mean if it's providing um you know if there's more funds that are available as a result of um you know checking some boxes on the environmental side um then i think that's probably a positive thing um because it it wouldn't penalize anybody for um you know for uh, for not having to do you know work through all that administration now, we talked about the fact there was increased funding, and that amounts to $500 million in new funds, a 25% increase from what we saw previously with the other business risk management programs. I think that's a very positive aspect to, to this. We know the costs of everything are going up, and we really haven't seen um, much for increases over the course of the last 10 years. So that was... Um, I guess uh, I, I understand it was 
I think, a bit of a sticking point, but I'm glad they agreed uh, to, to see that kind of increase in funding. $250 million of that for a resilient agricultural landscape program. Yeah, that's the one that I, I think the, the, the cattle industry um, is well positioned to take advantage of. Um, just as as you know, Glenda Lee, the, the, the nature of having cattle on the landscape has really positive ecological benefits, um, not just from um, a habitat conservation standpoint, but also from from adding climate resiliency for, to in so far as uh, protecting against floods or fires, and then of course the whole carbon sequestration thing, um, and uh, and and so we think that um, you know the cattle producers will be will be in a good spot to be able to make use of those dollars. Hopefully, what we think is that this could recognize some of those. Um, services that we haven't, you know, to date, haven't really benefited from, um, just in just in operating our ranches the way the way that we do. So, I'm encouraged by it, um, but really the the devil will be in the details as to um, how how it's intended to be, uh, you know, to be administered. Now, another key part of the new framework is the increase in compensation for agri-stability. Now, that had been something that the Canadian Cattle Association had been wanting to see for some time. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, a, a, that's a critical piece of this increase in funding, I think, um, especially for the cattle sector. What we've seen over the course of the last um, five years or so is just an increasing number of cattle producers exit the agri-stability program because it really didn't address um, their uh, their risks on, on their own operations. It, it wasn't responsive. And with a move from 70 to 80% compensation rate, as well as some of the other changes that they've been suggesting that would more equitably um, relate to our type of business operation, I'm generally pretty optimistic that, you know, that we can see a, a, a recovery in the number of people using that program because, you know, it, it needs to be something that um, that's available across all sectors. That's an attribute that the governments definitely see as a, as a requirement. And so um, my, my hope is that with this change, um, we can actually start to see some improvement in um, in uh, participation rates. Any concerns, anything that you'd really wanted to see that you didn't? I'll go back to that uh, resilient agricultural landscapes program. You know, ideally, I think we, we would have liked to have seen a, a larger uh, number amount of dollars being flowed towards that those ecosystem goods and services. Um, but you know, I guess we'll, we will have to, you know, like I said, we will have to wait and see um, how those dollars will be administered. And, and hopefully maybe that's something that if it's, if we can see that it's successful, that, that it's a program that will build um, over time. Generally, though, the cattle industry pleased with the direction it's going? 
Yes, absolutely, and and really content that uh, that they were able to make an agreement, you know, a good distance from when they need to start uh, administering the new program in March of, of next year. Tyler Fulton is a Manitoba cattle producer and an officer with the Canadian Cattle Association. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. That's it for the Prairie Agwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Agwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August, hours of 1 to 4 p.m. Manitoba 4-R Nitrogen Management Field Tour takes place July 29th near Manitou. Call 204-290-7827. The Thanks for Farming Tour 2022 takes place at Winkler's Meridian Exhibition Center today and tomorrow. Tickets are $10. You can get them at thanksforfarmingtour.com. The Canadian Food Grinds Bank invites you to a couple of presentations this week. They'll be sharing stories of people and programs as they respond to hunger around the world. Presentations take place today at 2 o'clock at the Gardens on 10th in Altona and again tomorrow at 2.30 in Winkler at the Bueller Active Living Centre. A combined college is planned for tomorrow at Stride Place in Portage La Prairie. Register with Manitoba Canola Growers Association and the Manitoba Threshermen's Reunion and Stampede takes place. July 28th through to the 31st at the Manitoba Egg Museum in Austin. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Wednesday afternoon, Manitoba Agriculture released its weekly crop report yesterday. I caught up with Ann Kirk, cereal specialist. Let's start off with with some rainfall amounts, you know, over the past week or so. Just talk a little bit about, you know, what we saw in terms of rain. Sure. Uh, earlier in the uh, earlier last week, so I think last Tuesday, there was quite a big rainfall across much of the province. So, um, especially in the eastern interlake region, uh, where some areas got up to about 110 millimeters of rain. So, uh, but throughout most of the province, we did receive between 20 and 60 millimeters uh, within the last week. And I guess just talk a little bit about uh, the, you know the crops. Any any damage there uh, as far as uh, lodging or, or was there hail? Uh, there was some, like a little bit of lodging damage, but I think for the most part that has seemed to um, come back. Uh, I think the crops are mostly at a stage where they could recover from that lodging damage. And um, with the storms that we experienced uh, overnight on Monday night, there was a little bit of lodging as well and some cereal crops I noticed, but for the most part, those have seemed to come back as well. And with the uh, frequent rains and uh, warm temperatures, um, talk about the uh, elevated risk for uh, fungal diseases. Sure, yeah, there's definitely... Uh, elevated risk of disease. When we think about diseases, we have to think about, you know, is there a host and is the the weather conditions um, appropriate for those fungal diseases? And right now, definitely the weather conditions are making fungal disease more of a concern. So we know that, um, you know, for the most part, wheat, fusarium head blight, uh, spring is nearing completion. Uh, Canola, there's been lots of spring um, on canola, but yeah, there's definitely been lots of fungicide application uh, across field crops, canola and pea crops so far. And with spraying, you know, has, has there been some challenges there? Yeah, the, uh, all this rainfall has definitely made uh, ground applications, the fungicide application, challenging. Uh, so, you know, just having equipment in the field is tough. So there has been more aerial applications for fungicides, uh, just so that people can get those on in a timely manner. And in terms of uh, insects, um, I guess, would grasshoppers be the, the big concern right now? Yeah, grasshoppers have been a concern. Um, you know, throughout much of the province, there's been reports of grasshoppers. Uh, in some areas, there's been spraying uh, headlands for grasshoppers. 
Uh, in some areas, there have been, you know, entire fields sprayed. Uh, it kind of just depends, you know, what the, the pressure is. Um, but, yeah, uh, aphids have been also seen on some key crops with some control as well. Um, so, yeah, there's been a few different uh, – oh, and also uh, wheat midge. In the Roblin area, there's been reports of wheat midge. So, you know, there has been grass – or insect concerns in general throughout the province. Now, just wanted to touch on some of the crops here uh, quickly. Um, let's start with cereals and, and uh, what you're hearing there. Yeah, uh, so like in the earliest seeded cereals, so it's just tough this year because seeding has taken place over such a long period. Uh, all crops are at a pretty wide range of stages. Uh, so cereals that were seeded earlier in the season um, have completed flowering and kernel development has begun. Uh, some of the later seeded cereals are just starting to head now. Um, so it, it just kind of depends when they were seeded. Uh, in general, the spring wheat crop is uh, mostly rated good to excellent uh, across the province. And so same with oats. They're just starting their, um, the earlier seeded crops for oats and barley would also just be starting head filling. And for corn, uh, some of the early seeded corn is starting to tassel. How's uh, canola coming along? Uh, yeah, same same with uh, other crops. Like that, we do see a, a wide range. Um, some crops are in excellent condition, and the earlier seeded canola is starting uh, just starting pod fill, uh, so just starting to come out of flower. Uh, but the majority of canola is still in full flower, with later seeded fields ranging from rosette to early flowering. And I uh, just wanted to touch on uh, soybeans and dry beans as well. Sure. So soybeans, uh, all this warm weather and rain has been good for soybeans. Uh, so soybeans are at about their R2 to R4 stage and dry beans about the R2 to R3 stage. So they've reached the reproductive stages uh, for those crops. Now for um, livestock producers, um, how's the uh, haying uh, operations been going? Yeah, in the areas that haven't been uh, hampered by wet weather, uh, hang has been going very well. Uh, so um, it's tough to get an estimate, but over 50% of first cut haying is complete with good yields. So yields are generally above average this year. Uh, a range of yields, somewhere between two to three tons per acre in general, uh, with some higher reports of four and a half tons per acre on new well-managed fertilized stands. Uh, but some areas have been unable to even start haying due to wet conditions or only able to focus on high areas. So producers that have had more rainfall um, have been having a tough start to hang. And pasture conditions, those are looking okay? Yeah, pastures are looking good at this point. Uh, people are definitely hoping for an extended grazing season, and there's definitely lots of, um, of plant material out there for the animals. Uh, due to some wet conditions, there have been issues reported in multiple areas of the province of uh, foot rot, pink eye, and black flies, uh, just, just due to the, these wet conditions. And in terms of livestock water supplies, all are sufficient because of the, the rainfall we've been having. That was Ann Kirk with Manitoba Agriculture recapping this week's Manitoba Agriculture Crop Report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Despite ideal growing conditions, Manitoba's sunflower crop is still a bit behind schedule. Morgan Cott is with the Manitoba Crop Alliance. The sunflower crop is looking really healthy. I'm pretty excited for what we're going to see for yields this year, just because conditions have been so great for sunflowers. I would love to see them heading by now, or blooming, I guess, but we're not quite there. There's some uh, some buds that are developing, but definitely no full blooms um, emerging, no yellow, and there's still some of the crop that's quite behind and little. We're going to be all over the map on that one, too. And the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership will include improvements to the Agri-Stability Program, 
increasing the compensation rate to 80% while committing to further changes to program timeliness in the initial years of the framework. Here's CFA First Vice President Keith Curry. Really encouraged by that. Uh, you know, we were encouraged by by the offer last year by the by the federal government. We didn't have quite have all the provinces on board, but they are there now, the provinces. And so that 80 percent is is a nice injection of funding that's going to be available. Um, you know, as we watch what happened last year in Western Canada with with the drought and BC floodings and and sporadic weather uh, incidents across the country, and couple that with geopolitics that's going on around the world, you know, our markets aren't that stable. So we need that little business risk protection to be as strong as as uh, it can be. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have details from the Thanks for Farming Tour taking place today and tomorrow in Winkler. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.